When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiverr, another edition of Curd and Long. Ryan Horvat off this week, and then uh, he returns next week, and then he is good to go. No more vacation time left or anything of the sort, I don't think, uh, as we get into uh, football season in full swing. Here, of course, catch Ryan Horvat uh, when uh, he is uh, in town and doing his thing as part of BetQL, BetMGM Tonight with Nick Shoo and Trista Crick. Uh, they're on weeknights, uh, part of the BetQL Radio Network. Also, check out the podcast uh, as well. So no Ryan Horvath this week, but you'll have me and we'll get some guests on for Wednesday and Friday show, or at least that's the plan. But uh, for this one, uh, just me flying solo, kind of reacting to everything that happened over the weekend, including uh, as we're recording this, uh, the first padded practice uh, of the Green Bay Packers going on right now here at about quarter after 12 on Friday afternoon. And when we last talked, not Friday afternoon, sorry, Monday afternoon, sorry, I'm all confused on days. Friday when we last talked, uh, I had said that, you know, Jordan Love needs one of those days. Jordan Love needs a day where he's, you know, 12 of 15, 15 and 19, something along those lines. And wouldn't you know it, the very next day, Saturday comes and he balls out and has himself a practice. I'm telling you, folks, this dude, maybe I'll be wrong and I'll have egg all over my face. He's not going to suck. <laughs> it's just, I just don't see it. Now, could he throw some interceptions? Yes, he's probably going to throw interceptions. Uh, is he going to throw more than Rodgers? Yes, he's probably going to throw more than Rodgers. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think he's going to be a mix of Brett and Aaron when it comes to the idea of taking chances uh, and, and trying to maybe force the ball uh, and so forth. So that that's probably going to be the case. But he's shown <laughs> on Saturday and now today on Monday that he can throw the deep ball. In fact, I retweeted a video before I came on to do the podcast at Sparky Radio of him throwing... Uh, a long pass uh, to uh, our guy, who also is having a good day uh, today, uh, Christian Watson. 60-yard touchdown pass uh, to Christian uh, Watson, uh, who blew by Enos Gaines. And I'm I'm just, I'm telling you, he's throwing sideline passes. He's throwing them down the middle, wherever it is. And he is putting the ball on guys. It's not they're having to reach back to grab the ball, head first diving catch, none of that stuff. It's right hitting these guys in stride and letting them make plays. And that is all you could possibly ask for at this point. And again, I I don't want to sit there and go, hey, look at what the other guy's doing. But Justin Fields, today, Monday, horrible practice. First string offense, horrible practice. Throwing picks, the whole deal. Not good. Now, is Jordan Love going to have one of those practices maybe at some point? Yeah, he might. I mean, we all forget Aaron Rodgers threw all kinds of interceptions in training camp practices all the time. 
intercepted here, intercepted there, and Rodgers, ah, working on stuff, you know, having some fun, seeing what guys will go fight for the ball, da-da-da, always had a reason, never concerned about it, and the Packer fans would never be concerned about it either, because you know when he got into the regular season, he's going to have single-digit interceptions and everything was going to be fine. And right now, Jordan Love is balling, folks. And as Andy Herman pointed out, and again, if you don't follow Andy Herman on Twitter, uh, you should at this point, because uh, he is a lot of fun. Uh, to follow on Twitter, especially with these training camp practices. I mean, all of these guys are, are really good at Andy Herman NFL uh, on Twitter. And then his pack a day podcast uh, also very well done. Uh, and they do that every day. But as he pointed out, he's getting better practice in practice out, practice in practice out. So he's showing progression and getting stronger uh, as training camp is going on. And from a fan perspective, you got to get excited about that, right? You just have to be excited. Uh, and these wide receivers are all playing pretty well. Romeo Dobbs playing well. Christian Watson had some drops early on last week, uh, and now he's starting to amp it up a little bit here and playing a little bit better, which is good. Jaden Reed, the rookie wide receiver out of Michigan State, he had a ball that Andy Herman described as he probably should have had uh, down the sidelines that Jordan Love put a, a ball on him uh, and wasn't able to hold on. But for the most part, he's been playing well too. These guys are all getting tried out as kick returners on top of that. Now, for the record, you could put me down as not wanting Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs as a kick returner. And if you listen to the Wendy's Big Show back in the day with Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler and myself, you know that I am a scaredy cat. Scaredy cat. When it comes to having starters out there on special teams, uh, returning kicks, just don't like it. I didn't like it when, when Randall Cobb was out there, if he was a starter, going out there and doing that type of stuff. I, I don't like that type of stuff. I don't want to see Charles Woodson back there uh, if he's the all-pro corner returning kicks. Is he good at it? Yep. Does it scare me to death? Yep. Because as far as I'm concerned, your main job is to be the starting wide receiver. In Christian Watson's case, your main job is to be the number one wide receiver. Right? That That's what you're supposed to be. And as much as we all care about special teams, and as well as Rich Bisaccia has done with that special teams unit last year, and hopefully they'll get even better this year, but we'll go ahead and talk about the field goal kicker, but we'll get to that momentarily. As much as I care about special teams just like you do, I'm not risking my number one wide receiver on a damn kick return. Now, it's training camp, so messing around, whatever the case may be, don't know, but that that should not be considered an option at any point. Uh, unless you're like four deep during the season because of injuries, and then you have to put him back there, or maybe this is a in a playoff, crack glass, and unleash Christian Watson if he's really good at it, fine. Week in, week out, no. Keyshawn Nixon should be doing all this stuff. Punt returns, kick returns, all that should be Keyshawn Nixon. And then find somebody else, I guess, to go along with them. Jaden Reed's going to be your third wide receiver, but he's going to play a lot of snaps, folks. He just is. Samari Toure is having a nice day today here uh, on a Monday, so that's good. Seventh round pick out in Nebraska last year. So happy about that. But I, I'm not trying to risk a number one wide receiver on, on kick returns. So put me down as not being a fan of that. Now, I'm talking about special teams. Let's quickly touch on the field goal kicker, Dylan Carlson. Now, was I excited about the pick? Not necessarily. No, I, I wasn't. Uh, did I understand the pick? Of course. Because his brother kicks for the Raiders, and that's where Bisaccia was and has a relationship with his brother and family and has known him since he's been a younger kid. So I, I get it, right? So you're drafting a guy that you believe in, that you helped probably coach along the way with little tips and so forth here, and you've seen kick a bunch. 
uh, as he's been growing up, so I get it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We haven't gotten to a game situation. We've only, you know, had practices where he's missing balls, and that's fine. But I'll tell you the concerning part. Just a little concerning. You don't have any competition for the kid? None? I mean, you have competition in camp at punter. This Wheeling kid is doing really well. Now, again, did anybody think he's going to win a punting job coming into camp? Probably not. But don't look now. Early on, he might have a shot at it, okay? Against Pat O'Donnell. So that is interesting. But they brought competition in. Why would you not bring competition in to go against Carlson? The only answer that is the right answer is you don't want him to be in a position to lose the gig. So if I don't bring anybody in that can outkick him, then he can't lose the job if he's the only kicker in camp. And if Basaccia talked Goody into doing that, then shame on Goody. Shame on you. Dude, come on, man. Man up. And be like, no, I don't care if you know this kid's family or friends with this kid's family or whatever the case may be. We have competition at every position. And field goal kicker is not going to be any different. They would bring in competition for Mason Crosby. I don't know if Mason Crosby, and I, I'm sure Ryan would and Rob Demosky and those guys would tell me if I'm right or not, Wes Hockowitz. But I don't know if there was ever a camp where Crosby was the only guy. I'm pretty sure pretty much every camp, they had a kicker in camp with Crosby. Now, part of it could be, well, you know, he's getting older. But I, but seriously, even when he was younger, I think they had another field goal kicker in camp with him every year. Maybe I'm misremembering, and if so, I'm sure somebody will correct me. But to me, this is a huge mess here. Like You have to have somebody come in. And you can sit there and say, well, you know, we're going with him no matter what. Okay. But maybe a little pressure by somebody else kicking well, maybe ups his concentration level, maybe ups his game a little bit versus sitting at camp going, well, I mean, yeah, I missed, but they're not even here. I'm not going anywhere. This is my gig, right? Me and Rich were boys. That's my job. Not a fan. They should have competition in there. Competition is always good. I don't care what position uh, you're playing. And speaking of competition, let's talk about that backup quarterback position here just uh, for a little bit. They have not really given any clue as to who the backup quarterback is going to be, right? Danny Etling, the guy who was here last year, Sean Clifford, the uh, the guy that they just had uh, drafted from Auburn, who, again, yeah, not Auburn, uh, Penn State. Uh, if, if you watch Penn State games, like a lot of us Badger fans did, probably not the biggest fan of this dude in a big game. But either way, uh, he's in there. Uh, they loved him a lot. Uh, and I think it's between Etling and Clifford, obviously, uh, for that backup job. So we'll see how this goes. The other part of this that I want to see that they have not given any necessarily hints to from Matt LaFleur's, uh, LaFleur's position, I should say, is how this is all going to play out when we get to preseason games. That's the other thing that I kind of really want to see 
as far as, okay, is Jordan Love going to play a quarter? Is Jordan Love going to play two quarters? Is Jordan Love going to play into the third quarter? Like, how much are they going to play him? We know the inter-squad scrimmages are a big deal, which, by the way, Joe Burrow, out several weeks, says we talked about on Friday, there was a chance this could happen. So they're not the, the Packers' defense is not going to get to go against Joe Burrow, which sucks for the defense. But Jordan Love in this offense is still going to get to play the Bengals' defense. Uh, so that'll be a nice little test uh, for the Packers' offense. But as far as preseason games go, how much will he play him? And for me, I want to see at least a half of football for Jordan Love uh, in at least two of these games. If you want to say, okay, uh, first game, we're going to play him uh, the first half. Okay. Or first game, we're going to play him a quarter. Second game, we're going to play him a half. And then maybe in the third game, maybe you only play him for a series, you know, one drive, and then he's done because you have to make your cuts and all that other stuff. So you got to play all those other guys a lot in that third game. Those first two games, he should be getting a lot of run, I I would say. Uh, with uh, these these starting wide receivers, starting offensive linemen, I'm going to play them more to make sure we're ready for the regular season. You don't want to risk injury, and I understand that, and that's the the biggest hindrance to wanting to play these guys is because if they get hurt, now your season's probably a wrap if your starting quarterback's gone for the season. Regardless of how good your backup may be, your your starter is usually heads and shoulders better than that next quarterback. And that very well may be the case again here with Jordan Love and Clifford or Etling. But again, we haven't seen a lot of either one of those guys, neither one of those guys in a regular season game to really make that determination to this point. But I still want to see Jordan Love play quite a bit. And remember, because it's three preseason games, you have essentially like a bye week before the regular season starts. So it's pretty much like two weeks before you get to the regular season. So you get all that extra additional time to get into that first game. And I think that's part of the reason kind of why games maybe were a little bit sloppier to start the year last year uh, than before because you had so much time off, essentially, and you're just practicing against yourself and trying to keep everybody as healthy as possible before that first kickoff. So we'll see how that all goes uh, going forward as far as how much time Jordan Love's going to get. Now, let's talk about the defensive side uh, of the ball a little bit here, if, if you don't mind. Carrington Valentine is a seventh-round draft pick, DB, who, again, we're only a week in, not even a week in, and he has been, like, the guy uh, on the defensive side of the ball that we're talking about and moves over with, you know, Group A, you know, the starters, whatever you want to call them, uh, on Monday and is really, really playing well. Pass breakups and doing the whole thing. That would be a huge, huge, Huge deal for the Packers because now Stokes, who's still not practicing, Rashawn Gary still not practicing. So now all of a sudden, let's say Stokes isn't ready to play, and now all of a sudden it's Rajul Douglas, it's Jair Alexander, and after that it was going to be okay. Well, it's Keyshawn Nixon. He's going to be the other guy. Well, now maybe not. It doesn't have to be that. Now maybe Carrington Valentine can be that next guy, and then maybe we get to the point of being Keyshawn Nixon. And even if that's the case, you still feel a lot better about four corners, those four corners specifically, going into a game than you did before. Then if Stokes comes back and Stokes looks like he did, you know, closer to what he did his rookie year coming out of Georgia, if he looks closer to that, now you're legitimately five deep at cornerback. 
That's a luxury that a lot of teams don't have. Now, again, Valentine has to make that transition to regular season games and be able to play at this level in the regular season uh, and be able to do that. But that would be a huge get out of the seventh round. It kind of reminds me of Sam Shields, undrafted kid out of Miami and made a name for himself at, at the family night practice, which obviously is coming up now this weekend. Uh, and made a name for himself there uh, and then continued to play well in the preseason and then had a pretty significant role in the regular season for that Packers team. Now, he had a guy in Charles Woodson, the guy that took him under his wing and said, come with me, young buck. I'll show you the way. And they watched film together. He gave him tips and so forth. I'm not there at training camp like these guys are, but you hope that Jair Alexander, Rajul Douglas, and so forth are taking Valentine under their wing a little bit and maybe doing a little extra film study, giving him a little tips of the trade and so forth in this deal to try and get him as much of an advantage as possible going into the regular season. Do you hope that's happening? I don't know. I've never really heard uh, any of the reporters uh, talk about Alexander as mentor Jair. Right. I mean, we see the flamboyant, arrogant, confident Jair Alexander. I I know what that dude is, right? Running his mouth, talking trash to the opposing team and all of that stuff. So we know what that is. I I don't know what Jair teammate is to younger corners and how that dynamic falls as far as, you know, what he's willing to do to help those kids out going forward. Carl Brooks. Another draft pick, a defensive lineman. He's had a really impressive early start uh, to the camp uh, as well. And this is a kid that, again, coming in, he felt probably a little bit because of size and so forth, but getting a lot of penetration in the backfield uh, and causing this offensive line a lot of problems uh, early on in camp. All of this, we can say, well, it's really early, Sparky. We should really calm down. We could. That is how you can go about this. As a Packer fan, you can go, I don't care about any of this stuff. I just want to wait for the regular season. And if that's you, you're probably not listening to this podcast anyhow. But if you are listening to this podcast and you don't want to get too excited about this, that's fine. I'm just going to tell you, from my standpoint, I love this stuff. I love the watching Twitter play-by-play from all the beat writers and stuff and seeing what all is happening while I'm at the radio station doing other stuff because I'm not at camp and doing whatever I do here at work. I love it. When you see Christian Watson catches a 60-yard pass from Jordan Love, you're kind of like, all right, good, 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 right? That's better than seeing Jordan Love throws his third pick of the day. Jordan Love now 0 for his first eight, right? So it can be the exact opposite. So you have to appreciate when he's making plays, that's building confidence. As McCarthy would say, he's stacking successes. That's what you want to see. That's what training camp is about. That's what these inter-squad scrimmages are about. That's what it's going to be about when you get into preseason. So while he's playing well now these last couple of practices, Saturday and Monday, the next thing is going to be, how is he going to look when you get into that first inter-squad scrimmage against the Bengals, and he's now facing a defense that he doesn't know, he doesn't rep against every day, he doesn't know strengths and weaknesses of each player that he's facing. When you're there, you know what what Douglas does well, you know what Douglas doesn't do well. You know how to attack Alexander. You you know what you can't do against Alexander. And especially in Jordan Love's case, this isn't a rookie quarterback who's learning his team. He sat here and watched these dudes for the last two or three years in practices against Rodgers. So he knows how to attack them. When you face the Bengals, he's not going to know them nearly as well as what he knows the Green Bay Packers. You're not going to be game planning for an inter-squad scrimmage either. You're going to be trying to work your stuff and get better at your stuff. 
then you'll get an even better understanding of just how far along really is Jordan Love at this point as far as in his progression of getting better and being ready to start week one. I will say that right now, I'm jacked. Like I am excited to kind of see what Jordan Love is all about. So that's the wrap-up on, on training camp and so forth. We did almost 19 minutes of the 30-minute podcast on the Packers training camp. I, I cannot not talk about this Aaron Rodgers saga that's continuing uh, in, involving Nathaniel Hackett and Sean Payton. I got to touch on it before we get out of here. I, I just, I have to. I laughed out loud when I saw Rodgers on NFL Network say that Sean Payton should keep his coach's name out of his mouth. I then saw the whole interview on NFL Network because they were replaying it a million times a day. I saw the whole thing. To be fair to Rodgers, the question was not, hey, what did you think of Sean Payton's comments? That was not the question. It was, we aren't going to talk about Sean Payton but tell me about your relationship with Nathaniel Hackett and how it is having him here with the Jets is over. That's pretty much what it was. Rodgers took a breath and then decided he was going to talk about the Sean Payton comments himself. That was not asked of him. He chose to go that way. So it wasn't like he was led to have to talk about it. That's not how it went. But he went where he wanted to go with it and get his point across. My take on it is simple. This is kind of like Giannis and Thanasis to a degree for the Milwaukee Bucks. Kind of a brotherly type of relationship where, yeah, Thanasis probably wouldn't play anywhere else, even though, let's be honest, these reports of, oh, the Knicks were interested and all these teams were interested. Come on. Do you believe that? Because I don't believe that. But either way. But he's always going to have a job. He's always going to be on the Bucks team as long as Giannis is there. Once Giannis is done, he's probably done uh, with the NBA as well. But my point is, Giannis is always going to protect Thanasis at any cost. And Thanasis is going to protect Giannis. If something happens with Giannis on the floor and Thanasis is there, he's going to run to his brother's defense. And the same thing goes the other way. If somebody takes a shot at Thanasis publicly one way or the other, I promise you Giannis is going to come to his defense and go at whoever goes at Thanasis publicly. Because that's the relationship that they have, clearly. I feel like that's kind of what this is with Rodgers, and Hackett. And if you listen to Rodgers talk about Hackett, it really makes you understand what this is. He was praising Hackett for making it fun, the coaching, right? Respecting the players and and kind of giving them the room and so forth. Well, you can say that's how that whole thing blew up in Denver was because he respected Russell Wilson so much that Russell Wilson was free to have a posse walking around him and being on the plane and all this other stuff, and he let it get completely out of control. Why? Because Russell Wilson took advantage of Hackett. Rodgers didn't necessarily take advantage of Hackett. Rodgers ain't running with a posse or nothing like that. It's just Rodgers. He just wanted freedom to do what he wants on the football field from an offensive standpoint, run what he wants to run. And Hackett essentially allowed him to have that through game planning and so forth with LaFleur. They allowed that. Russell Wilson said, oh, you're going to let me do this? Huh. Well, let me see if you let me do this. He's going to let me do that too. Hmm. Will you let me do this? You're going to let me do that too? <laughs> All right. I get an office. I get this. I get that. He took advantage of Hackett. And once that happened, I think 
All the other players in that locker room saw what was going on, and then he lost a lot of the team. Lost a lot of respect in that locker room for what he allowed Russell Wilson to get away with. And for Sean Payton to say that, oh, this isn't on Russell Wilson. Yes, it certainly damn is on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was the one taking advantage of the coach. He knew damn right well no other coach was going to allow him to do that. Pete Carroll is as laid back as they come. He ain't allowed all that crap to happen. And now, because Hackett was, he took advantage of it. Russell Wilson was as much to blame for that fiasco last year as Nathaniel Hackett was. He was acting like a, uh, a little child taking advantage of, well, mom said I could do this. I know dad said this, but mom said I could, so I'm going to do all of this. Ridiculous. I get down with Rodgers defending Hackett. Like, I'm okay with it. I think it was a little too much. Keep your my coach's name out of your mouth. Shut up. What are you, going to go fight Sean Payton, who's how much older than you? Like, get out of here. Like, that was nonsense, right? I mean, you made your point and so forth. You didn't need to take it to that extra dramatic level for effect, and that's what it was. Because, again, if you, you watch it, you know Rodgers is mad. You can see in his eyes that he wants just to go off. He, he was keeping a lot of stuff inside of him. And now the Jets and Broncos play each other in the regular season. So that game that meant nothing is now going to mean something guaranteed when this is all said and done. Now, the Denver Broncos, on the other hand, can't be very happy. Like, if you're a defender on the Denver Broncos, are you really all that excited that your coach, who is an offensive-minded coach, is running his mouth about the New York Jets, who have Aaron Rodgers, and who are on hard knocks, and he ran his mouth about hard knocks, too, and all that stuff. We talked about that last week. I'm pissed. Like, dude, shut up. What are you doing? It's hard enough to play against Aaron Rodgers. Why are you making our life even more difficult by running your mouth about something that happened last year? Who cares? It's over. We've moved on. You're our coach. We're happy. Let's go. Why are you going to make our life more difficult for? So that that, that whole dynamic there uh, is probably not going to play out as well. And now you could pretty much guarantee yourself that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw three or four touchdown passes against the Broncos. And the Broncos are going to have their hands full. Like, I... I don't bet. That's Ryan Horvath's deal when he's on this show from BetMGM tonight. But if I was a betting man right now, I'm assuming they probably have spreads out for some of these games somewhere. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they don't come out till later towards the, the beginning of the regular season. But I'm in. Like, unless Aaron Rodgers is hurt and can't play in that game. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, I'm taking the Jets and however many points somebody wants to give me, right? Jets minus three. Done. I'm in. Jets minus seven. Sure, I'm in. Jets minus ten. Okay, yeah, fine. I'm I'm telling y'all he is going to put on a damn show. And the Denver defense is good and no disrespect to the Denver defense, but we've seen Aaron Rodgers when he gets mad and gets possessed uh, and gets angry how much more the focus gets. And that's really kind of what now you've had. And he already was kind of jacked up to come play this, this game uh, or this season. To begin with, takes the pay cut, the whole deal. And did you see the latest from Mike Florio on Rodgers? There are no voidable years in this contract. It's a, like a legit seven-year contract. And this dude is talking about playing to 45. So now you're talking about maybe another five years of Aaron Rodgers? That is a long time. Could he do it? Why not? Why couldn't he do it? Look at the man. Man's in great shape. I I think it's very likely and possible that he probably could pull it off if they wanted him to do it. 
The one thing is going to be Thursday night, Hall of Fame game this Thursday, Jets and the Browns, he's obviously not playing. But Zach Wilson is playing. And as Ryan and I have talked about, they want Rodgers to help Zach Wilson get to the point where when Rodgers walks away, Zach Wilson can be that guy. Or if Rodgers is going to be there long-term, have Zach Wilson play well enough in the preseason and so forth to convince another team to give them something for Zach Wilson of pretty decent quality as far as a pick goes to trade Zach Wilson off to another team uh, moving forward. We'll see. We're going to see how this whole thing uh, plays out. One last note here uh, at the end, and I want to make sure um, I kind of get this in, is this Madden football game uh, is quite amazing uh, because everybody is talking about, well, if Madden doesn't do well this year, then it's going to go away and that'll be the end of Madden and they're going to probably end the franchise and uh, that'll be it. To which I say, I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. I just, I'm sorry. I don't. You look at all the money and all the time and effort that's been put in that video game. You look at what Madden, John Madden, the coach and announcer meant to the national football league. You're telling me that the NFL it's simply going to stand by and watch that franchise, a video game, die? Just go away? No way. The NFL will get involved. They'll spend money. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll get help. That franchise is not going away. Madden football is not going away. Now, the Madden name, right? Who owns the rights to that? Does EA Sports own the right to that? Does Madden own the right to that? Does the NFL own the right to that? Who owns that? That's key. Because let's say EA says, hey, financially, this ain't doing it. Like, we can't continue to do this. And let's say they that 2K now comes in, who does, you know, NBA 2K. They come in. And remember, back in the day, they had an NFL game. NFL 2K. Hated it. Couldn't stand it. My buddy loved it. I hated it. I was always an EA sports guy. Um, but uh, let's say they get back into the game. They go, we want to do NFL again. Okay, fine. I can all but guarantee you that Madden name will be attached to it. It will not be NFL 2K. It will be Madden again. And if that means the NFL has to pay EA Sports a ton of money in order to get that done, then that's what's going to happen. They are not going to allow John Madden's name to just to disappear off of a video game that everybody grew up playing for the last 30 years or whatever the case may be. I just, I would be shocked. I really would. Absolutely shocked if that were to happen. And there's this whole big thing now. Uh, today uh, that came out uh, Monday uh, talking about all these improvements that have been made to the video game uh, in the franchise mode, right? All these new features, a training camp, remade the progression and regression sliders and remade weekly strategy, remade offense and defensive play call settings, new uniforms on relocations, all this stuff uh, that they went in and kind of redid franchise mode on this video game. Talked to my 16 year old kid. He's all excited. He's like, all right. Let's see. Can't wait because it sucked up until this point, that franchise mode, and now it looks like it's going to be a lot better. And these are the people that they're targeting. I'm 47 years old, right? So for me, I couldn't tell you the last time I played a video game. I, I honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. Like sat down with like a controller in my hand and played. No idea. But for these 16-year-olds and 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, I guess, that are still playing video games regularly, uh, in playing it three, four, five times a week or whatever, those are the people they have to say positive, good things for them on social media. So much now is driven by YouTube video reviews 
and TikTok and all this other stuff of all these influencers of saying, oh, this game stinks. Look at this. And this is a glitch. And this is bad. And this is bad. Then all of a sudden people are like, I'm not buying that. Like, it's horrible. Why would I buy that for? And it ruins everything. But if you get some of these influencers out there on YouTube and TikTok and whatever else uh, on social media to give you positive reviews and sell it, sales will blow up. Everybody will get involved. Social media dictates so much from a movie standpoint, video game standpoint, just everything. That's why these influencers make so much money with clothes and whatever the case may be, because people believe and buy into everything. Instead of having your own opinion, you wait for somebody else to have an opinion, and then you're like, oh, they like it. Ah, oh, must be good. Okay, I'm going to go buy it. Back in the day, you none of this stuff existed. You played Madden the year before, you went and bought Madden. It was that simple. Well, no, I'm going to wait to see what a YouTuber says. Nowadays, that's where we're at. So hopefully, uh, I'm right, and this Madden franchise survives, whether it be with EA Sports or somebody else, but that name should not go away, and his likeness should not go away from this video game. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Curtin Long. We will talk to you again on Wednesday. Don't forget, download it on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Uh, and most of the time, we'll put it up on the YouTube uh, Odyssey Sports page. But like I said on Friday, when I do it by myself like today, I just do it in a production studio. I don't run the video. Nobody wants to look at me for 30 minutes talking to myself. Uh, so we don't do it on these type of days. But Wednesday, hoping to have a guest uh, coming up on Wednesday. Stay tuned to find out who that is. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles!